This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. And welcome back to Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Spinner, alongside one of my best buddies, Michael Burns. Mikey, baseball season in full swing. We're almost halfway through, but more importantly, how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm a little under the weather. Shouldn't affect my palate too much. I don't have any snot yet, but the throat's got a nasty little taste to it. So that means that this will just be a nice little coat and like medication. We're going to exactly. medicate your your throat. Medicinal medicinal whiskey right there. <laughs> medicinal whiskey. That's what they made it for back in the 1920s and early 1930s, right? That whole prohibition so, thing. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to ask you what you're going to prescribe me here later. Yes, we will prescribe you some whiskey, maybe some bourbon here in just a few minutes. But we are Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. As I mentioned, I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. That is Michael, and we are here on episode 30. And we have started off our episodes for the last couple of months with the best number of the podcast. So this is episode 30. So who is the best MLB player to ever wear the number 30? And as always, Michael did some really in-depth homework on this one, and he is just pulling up the statistics (laughs) now. Uh, So number 30s, there's a pretty decent list, but I think there are three that we'll probably be battling back and forth with uh, when it comes to the the best. I just saw saw one that came up. Aris Mendy Alcantara. Yes, that's exactly who I was thinking of. Um, <laughs> he's probably the first one on the list because he's A and A, <laughs> alphabetically. Oh, man. So the, I, I, I immediately see Greg Maddox pop up as the guy who has the most war for the number 30, but... But, but he only wore it for two years, and he, he was known for the number 31. Did he wear 30 with the... Padres, is that where he wore it? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's exactly. what I figured. You're spot on. I was going to say he finished his last couple of years as a Padre, so that makes more sense. Um, I, think I think this could be our more most like controversial one because there's nobody at the top of the war list that has like decade or two of, of mm-hmm. years. Right. Now, I would make uh, a case for three players with this. Uh, my first player is Ken Griffey Jr. Um, he wore it for six years with the Reds from 2000 through 2005. I think the other name is Nolan Ryan, uh, mm-hmm. who wore it for, I believe, 12 years um, between stops with the Mets and the Angels. And then the other one is Tim Raines, who uh, was a pretty great outfielder um, for the Expos and then went to the Chicago White Sox. That's where I remember him from because I grew up in Chicago in the early 90s. But he also played for the Yankees, but he only wore the number 30 with the White Sox and the Expos. Um, None of the three wore it for their entire career, and I would argue that some of their numbers, um, it's going to be, I think, hard to determine for this one. But I'm going to lean to Tim Raines. That's what I was going to think that just because he's worn it for the most for 19 years. Mm-hmm. Nolan Ryan wore it for 12. Uh, but if you look at it, I, I wanted to say Reigns. I went back to Ryan and now I'm with Eon Reigns. 
He's not that far off in war, but he wore that many more years. Yeah, uh, Nolan wore it for um, 12 years from 1968 to 1979. He went uh, 167 and 158 with a 3.15 ERA. He did strike out 2,903 in that uniform in just 2,688 innings. So he pretty much had a Hall of Fame career within those 12 years with nearly Uh 3,000 strikeouts. Um, but Ken Griffey Jr., he had it for six years from 2000 to 2005. He hit 138 home runs. His batting average, like, listen to this slash line, 276, 369, 539. So that's an OPS of 908, OPS plus of 131. He had 110 doubles. Uh, he had a couple of years where he was injured and missed a little bit of time. He averaged 98 games within those six years. So I'm leaving Tim Raines. And that's not where I thought I was going to be. Uh, but in his career, 170 home runs, a 294 batting average with 69.4 war. He got an OPS plus of 123. No other player has worn it more than Tim Raines. He owns the jersey, the number 30. Yeah. If you look at uh, senior, not seniority of how many years. No one else is, let's see, 14 that I just see was the next closest. Yeah. 16. Orlando Cepeda. Cepeda. Dang it. Cepeda. Yeah. That's okay, Michael. We'll work on your pronunciations <laughs> later. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think we're going to lean Tim Raines on this one because of another thing leaning towards it is Ken Griffey had a ton of gold gloves in his career. None of them were wearing the number 30 in those six years. Um, he already bulked up a little bit when he went yeah, back to the he, Cincinnati Reds. Yep. And then he, 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 he ate all that Skyline chili. He had all that Skyline chili here in Cincinnati. Uh, <laughs> no comment. But uh, I'm going with Tim Raines. He was an all-star. One, two, three, four, five, six, six times in that number. Seven times in that number. This is the Tim Raines episode. Episode number 30. There we go. I was, I was surprised about that one. I think you were too, right? I didn't think Tim Raines was going to be the one that uh, popped into my head. No, of course, as you as I do always, I'm never, <laughs> I'm not a good jersey number, except if we talked about number 34, and that could be a hard one for me when we get there. Yes, um, but well, you'll have one, you'll have research on one player, <laughs> one player <laughs> only, and you're gonna be like, this is the hill I stand and die on. Oh, uh, it's gonna be so hard, Brandon. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I haven't even looked at it, but I'm already anticipating, and that will be a month from now as we do episode number 34. But this is episode 30 of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. Thank you for joining us. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. Thank you, and we'd love to have you, and we hope you enjoy this podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Barrels and Barrels Pod, as well as Facebook, which we are rapidly growing on. We're now more than 500 followers. Last week we were just Dang. around 478. So we've jumped up quite a bit in the last week. You can also find us on YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube page. Some of you may be watching us right now there. Hit the subscribe button below. Uh, you'll get more additional and just YouTube exclusive content, which we've been trying to put out daily, if not uh, every other day for the most part. Just find us there at Barrels and Barrels Pod. We're putting out YouTube shorts, some in-person videos from baseball games, or even just some highlight videos going out there. So go check us out there, Barrels and Barrels Pod. Again, the middle 
initial is N for the and part of Barrels and Barrels. Twitter, Barrels and Barrels. You can find us there. We're up to nearly 200 followers. We're growing there as well. And then also, if you're listening to us, you're probably listening on Spotify or Apple, but you can also find us on Stitcher, Amazon, Google, and iHeartRadio podcasts. Big news, Michael. We got another rating. And we are now up to 16 out of 16, five stars on Apple Podcasts, still 10 out of 10, five star on Spotify. So we would love for you to rate us, to review us. Tell us what you think about our podcast. And if you write we a review. We love the comments. We love the comments. Good and bad. If you, if you write a review, whether you rip us a new one or if you write something nice. Or we'll you kick you us in the nuts. You kick us in the nuts. And uh Speaking of kicking us in the nuts, we, uh, I don't know how that uh, transition is going to go. I was going to try to, hey. I, I was doing, but uh, you, you also one, one other way to get us is by email. Email is barrels and barrels at gmail.com. And if you want to email us, you can maybe emailing us about merch. We've got t-shirts to give away. We're well, not give away, but to sell and also hats. Michael's got a hat on. Uh, we're going to try to do a pre-order for that. So if that's something that interests you. You may want to reach out to us there. We've got stickers as well. I've sent a couple of those out here as of late. So reach out to us for that by emailing us, barrelsandbarrels at gmail.com. So this is episode 30, Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball Podcast. We start with whiskey usually, and that is what we're going with tonight. This week, another Blue Note. But this one, mm, one of my a favorites. different. We've done a Blue Note uh, juke joint store pick. We've done the Blue Note cask strength series which is the highest rated whiskey we've done so far in our short time of a podcast and this one is blue note las notas which means it is finished in las notas barrels so this is a finished bourbon michael coming from blue note um, and the reason it gets the las notas name is because it's a collaboration with an argentinian wine company by Jean-Claude, uh, who is a very big name in French wine. Jean-Claude Barreau, he's widely considered one of the most renowned French winemakers in the last 50 years. So he found this winemaking paradise in Argentinian winery uh, called Tapiz, and uh, that's where he handcrafted the Las Notas wine. And then what happened is Blue Note got the Las Notas barrels and aged this whiskey oh in it. Oh my goodness. So there's a lot to this. There's more. So it was, yeah, let me, it's, I was just going to ask <laughs> what's different in the blue note. Uh, what's the, the French oak one? The oh, French, crossroads. Uh, crossroads. Yeah. And so that's you just got into John Claude and, <laughs> and I was all of a sudden I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> here we go. So the difference is the crossroads is just basically a toasted barrel because they're finishing it in that French oak. I believe, a toasted French oak right. as a finish. And that's normally around $30. But this is an MSRP of $59.99 coming from BR Distilling Company, which, of course, is Blue Run. Um, and, again, this is finished in these Las Notas wine barrels. But here's the deal, is the wine barrels were actually French oak barrels to begin with. So it is a regular bourbon, then aged for an additional year, in these Las Notas wine barrels that oh were gosh. French oak barrels. Oh so gosh. these barrels were sent across the ocean from, uh, I believe, Argentina um, uh, to Memphis 
to finish this. This was bottled in 2022. I do have the mash bill for you. I know you're the Ooh. fan of Mr. Mesh. We're going to call you yes. Michael Mr. Mash Burns. Uh, <laughs> so we've got 70, 21, 9. So 70% corn, 21% rye, 9% malted barley. Does that mm-hmm. ring a bell? No, you just called me the Mr. Mash Bill, and I and yeah. I don't know any uh, mash bills that you talk about. So that's Green River Distilling. So, <laughs> uh, so Green River Distilling—that's uh, who oh. distilled this. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, it's open and out there as well. This is a. Do they distill year... all of the blue notes? Uh, I think at this point they are. Yes, oh. as a con- uh, all together. I think they're at one point they were sourcing from Dickel and also for them. Uh, MGP, but I think fully anything we've touched in the last couple of weeks. I don't know. Remember the uh, cask strength had part Dickel to their um, uh, mash the bill nine there. year one. Yeah, uh, their eighteen or sixteen year. The uh, no the, oh, the, the cask strength series that we here it's right here. Oh oh I know oh the one that we rated really high that we really yeah loved. yeah yeah the uh, special reserve cask finish series that one had uh, some Dickel to it. Tennessee whiskey at 19 year old Dickel. Uh, so this is going to be um, Green Rivet Distillate. Uh, now, the proof on this varies because this is also a single barrel. Um, so when they dumped these, they didn't blend them and make it a small batch. This is a single barrel. So our proof on this bottle is proof 120.3. Looks like it was a store pick for big corks out in Germantown, Tennessee. Hey, Germantown, isn't that uh, where our guy Kyle, Braves and Bourbon? Uh, is in Tennessee. I think that's where he's at. So, Kyle, maybe you've seen this. I don't know. Uh, so, Big Corks, maybe you've been there before in Germantown, Tennessee. So, again, this comes at 120.3. That's 60.15% ABV. This was barrel number nine. Again, four years old and then aged additionally for one year in those French Oak Las Notas barrels. Any questions, oh, Mikey? What are the Las Notas barrels? Just a certain. Do you know the wine type that was, or is that? So it looks like it is a. Is that say Cabernet? Uh, okay, so types of grapes are Petit Verdot, V-E-R-D-O-T, Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, and Merlot. So I'm assuming those are all. It red. might be a blend. It's all red. Yes. Yeah. So this is a red wine. Uh, region is Argentina, uh, and it's. Tapiz is the winery. So, have you poured Ooh. yours yet? I have poured it. Of course, to get the aromas building in my glass of this thing. I'm mm-hmm. so excited for this thing. <laughs> so I, you... I like a good red wine. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't choose it all the time, but because I I grew up uh, Catholic, so grew up drinking red wine. Uh, the body you know, of Christ. The blood of Christ. <laughs> but yeah. The... yeah. Uh... This is but anyways, the yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, sniffing this thing. Wow. Great nose of mm-hmm. of Cabernet. Um, yeah. Immediately get that 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 wine fruit right away. Yeah, I already put mine into the Pix app, which I told you I was going to try to be better about. Since this is my bottle, I figured I would just tackle that. I got some butterscotch up front. That was actually the first note I got, and some caramel. There was a little bit of like even, uh, what was the word I was thinking of? Uh, Like a a shortbread cookiness to the nose. But also, I got really big hints of cherry and raspberry in some of that grape coming through, which is from the, the wine 
Um, I had a little bit of lemon come in and some leather and even a little bit of that oak. There's some oak to it. You definitely get some of the yeah, oak, but for sure, uh, not, not huge, but there's some decent oak, I think. Yeah, I definitely can tell this is a bourbon. What do you think of the color? Do you think there's any red hue to it? There is definitely a mahogany. I think mahogany is the word I would. Many leather-bound books in my apartment smells of rich mahogany. I think there's some red to it. I just splashed this all over my mustache. (laughs) I was trying to sniff it. I splashed it all over myself there. Oh, it smells good. I get it. It smells delicious. It, it, it's not overpowering fruit. The one, no. And the one that I always think of, of overpowering fruit is uh, barrel dovetail. Yeah. That's one you that is so like fruity. <laughs> no, I do. I've come back to it. I've come back to it. When I yeah. first had it, it was, it was overpowering. And I'm wondering how this is going to taste. Um, but this is only, this is Las Notas. This is one mm-hmm. barrel, not a blend of many. Right. Have you Have you given it a little nip yet? A little sip? A little nip, I like that. No, I'm not giving a little nip. I saw you did there. What what's, what's that coating doing for you? I think instantly you feel, I think, uh, a dryness to it. And that's definitely, in my mind, the red wine, right? It's uh, It's got a little dry, but it's got a carbonation feel to it to me. Like a little Pop Roxy. Uh, I know I've used that before, but I think it's like carbonated, right? Not necessarily that the whiskey's carbonated, but that's kind of the the mouthfeel I get out of this. It's kind of sharp as well, like a, a dry sharpness, if that makes sense. But that's the initial blast I get. There's a tingle right up front. I've got a little bit of everything. There's a lot going on with this. That was that was crazy. It's almost like it engulfed my mouth, but in a different way. Um, I f- like in a... This sounds weird, but it sounds like it tasted like I have a tube in my mouth and it, only, it didn't hit the center of my palate. Oh, okay. So, like, you're getting sprayed at the dentist? Something, I don't know. But it, it, the way when I like that, I don't know if it's the dryness that's coming through of, of the Las Notas, of the red wine mm-hmm. that, that did that. That could, you know, that's what I would expect of, of a dry wine to do. Mm-hmm. But that slapped me and I really couldn't focus on anything else. Except I'll dive dr- right that, back in. That dryness there. Yeah, I thought it was dry. I do get a a ton of flavor to it, though. There is so wow. much going on. Oh, um, my gosh. Is there one flavor that sticks out the most? Fireworks. Fireworks? Anyway, Not like Pop like, Rocks, but like it's like... A I, carbonation. Like a, like a, almost like a, a hot carbonation to me is what I thought it felt like. Like someone just blew off a bunch of fireworks, you know, that smell of gunpowder. That's almost what I get here when I, in a mouthfeel. Like when you smell it and then it's like a smoky, I guess it would be just like a smokiness to it. Yeah. Like you're talking yeah. like the sulfur you smell from a firework? Yes. That's yeah? the, what I would get like a mouthfeel here. You're getting a sulfuric mouthfeel? It's just like the way it's coating my mouth, you know? Okay. It like explodes <laughs> in your mouth. Yes, it just goes sideways. I don't get anything in the middle. Maybe that. Uh, maybe I need to go get a, a, a test from Walgreens here or something. <laughs> I'm getting no taste on on the middle there. I'm getting on the side, so it explodes fantastically. So, what are your notes like? What do you get? Let me take another sip here so I can talk about it. It, does, it doesn't linger. Does it linger for you at all? A little bit. It dries out to me real quick. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that there's so much coming at you with this. 
there's a lot to like take in. It, it's fireworks. It it explodes in flavor, but also like there's a dryness right to it right away. I like I, I've said it a couple times. It's like a carbonation, but pop roxy carbonation for me. I got dark chocolate. There's a little bit of a bitterness to it, but there's also mm-hmm. some sweet capabilities to it. Uh, I've got a little bit of leather coming through, um, but the big thing here was really just like cherry. I got some grape molasses, even some coconut trying to come through, some rye. Uh, the oak I definitely get on the back half as it starts to dry out. Um, and then the finish, I would say it's a little, I'd say short, medium on the finish. It's not a long lasting finish, but uh, what are you doing with your mouth there? <laughs> I was trying to trying to get more taste out of it, pull more notes out of my cheeks there. Yeah, um, that's what she said. Uh, and <laughs> but yeah, there's a dryness to it. I I there's a whole lot going on with this. Um, I I it's different because usually when we have something that's complex, I feel I feel it throughout, and I only get this on my sides of my mouth here. I, I think, I think that's that dryness or the sickness. And it could be the say? sickness. Yeah, try to. How much you got left in glass? I've got. A good amount, and then still in my bottle, too. A decent swig, and just let it sit in your mouth. Maybe oh. swig it around a little bit. Yeah, give it a real good chew. Yeah. I I would just, like, not even do mm-hmm. anything. Just let the liquid sit. Do you feel it on the tongue a little more with that? It still is dry, and it's like a fireworks. It's like, I'm not saying sulfur, but... I, it feels like I'm in the middle of the street and people just blew fireworks off and that's the toastiness, smokiness I'm getting in my mouth. I'm calling CVS or Walgreens right now. I'm going to get a, <laughs> hey, my a water, test ship to you. My, uh, my vitamin water here tastes it just fine. Okay. Um, I've got, get, like, when I hold it in the mouth like that, there's, excuse me for all the uh, immature people out there, but there's a creaminess to it. <laughs> uh, I do feel, uh, no, a creaminess to okay. it i think that there's uh, it coats well overall i think this is a fantastic pour and i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna say all-star again this is i've never had a first like a palate tasting like this before where it just it's just dry um i'm enjoying the pour i'm gonna save just a little bit um of this pour for like a week from now to see, make sure I'm not uh, sick or anything. And that's why I'm tasting fireworks. <laughs> um, but it definitely, it smells delicious. Um, even if with that dryness, I still enjoy this thing. Yeah. Um, what do you rate it? I would probably give this guy an everyday player for that everyday dryness. Player. Yes. That dry, I still enjoy the flavors that are there, but that dryness, I, I don't, I don't know what to do with it. It's unlike anything I've had before. <laughs> And it's definitely interesting and it's different, um, but it it's not a bad different. I think that there are some who try too hard to differentiate themselves, but I think sure. what they did with this one is very well done. So again, really enjoy what Blue no Note's clock. doing. Um, fantastic pour here. Uh, I don't think this is as good as their Cast Strength Finish Series. That one's... Leaps and bounds. That may be our whiskey of the year right now. Is that cask strength finish series? Um, But 
This is this is very good. And I went with an all-star. Michael went with an everyday player. That is on our Barrels and Barrels, the Bourbon and Baseball podcast rating scale. If you're new to the program, we rate it in a baseball standard. And that is going from Hall of Fame, which is top of the top. Only 1% of baseball players make it to the Hall of Fame. There's only 1% of bourbons and whiskeys that we would rate as Hall of Famers, the best of the best. Next is the all-star. Every team's got an all-star or multiple of them. And just like on your shelf, hopefully you've got a couple of bottles that you may praise. You may think they're the best bottles on your shelf. Those are most likely your all-stars. As Michael just mentioned, he's got an everyday player. These everyday players are guys who are gonna you're going to continuously go to. You can rely on day in and day out. But then there are the guys who you still enjoy and are great in certain situations. And Brandon, those are our bench players, right? Yeah, bench players are like a pinch hitter or the guy who gets a spot start as a as a pitcher. He's not your top five starting pitcher, but maybe a guy who comes in out of the minors or even one of those guys who's on the bench and gets a, a day off for maybe your star player. And he comes in, he fills the gap and uh, does what he needs to do. And that's one of those bottles that you mix up your pores. You don't go to it every week, maybe every other week. But it's one of those that you're happy to have, but it's not the best thing on your shelf. Yeah, dessert, bourbon, maybe it's got a, a finish to it, right? Uh, where it's not something you're going for every day. And then finally, you're going for the DFA, which is the final one uh, on our list. That means you're off the team. Get out of here. We don't want you on our shelf. We don't want you in our house. Or if we do, you're probably going to get mixed me. with Coke. Yep, you're a Coke mixer, or that's the one you give to your significant other uh, <laughs> when you're like, "Yeah, uh, why don't you? Why don't you just drink this one? I, I don't want it. You mix it with whatever you want." Yeah, or it's that one friend that comes over and says, "Give me your favorite. Give me your favorite right now." You see that? <laughs> what What's your best? What's your favorite? I think that was uh, Bourbons with Friend podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Paul and. Uh, uh, Paul and Connor over there at Bourbon with Friends. But really good pour here. Uh, we just went with, uh, I went with another all-star, Michael, an everyday player. So yeah. a very good pour. I'm glad you have a bottle of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I've i been holding back because I didn't want to smash this. But, I mean, look at how much I've had out of it. Uh, and even in that bottle, I've only had it a couple months. To it. Yeah, even the bottle, yeah. It's got a little bit of a redness to it. So... Thank you to Blue Note for sending this over. Um, we give our honest opinions on this. So if we didn't like it, we wouldn't have rated it what we rated Believe it. Me. Believe but, me. But uh, we are not afraid. <laughs> no, not Michael. Not afraid at all. <laughs> to, to go DFA to Bobby, Bobby Badax and uh, see if I can get a, a, a title with him, you know. Yeah, sponsorship sponsor whenever we, from Bobby. <laughs> when we do, with, whenever we DFA anything, this thing is that. yeah just bobby cuts into the podcast that would be great uh but this has been barrels and barrels of bourbon and baseball podcast the bourbon portion of it uh before we jump into the baseball part uh usually we use trivia i'm gonna tell a quick uh little story here Uh, i made a trip to chicago this past weekend while we're sticking with bourbon Uh, i met a couple of people in our bourbon community um john o uh, oliva that is at the dram daddy on instagram and alex the bourbon rebellion hung out with them on friday had some great pours I think we had eight or nine different pours, which were all great. But Penelope like a Rio, great lineup you guys had. The lineup we had, John's got a ton of bourbon and a ton of whiskeys. And we t- tried anything from Hemingway Rye to Jack 10. And then we jumped and finished to uh, a Penelope Rio, which was... Ooh. 
I'm telling you, it's great. Uh, and then also on Saturday, I get to hang out with more whiskey people, more bourbon people. Uh, Malloy's Finest Spirits in Glen Ellen, Illinois. I think it's Glen Ellen, but the address said Wheaton, but they call it the Glen Ellen store. So I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say Glen Ellen. But uh, there was a whiskey fest there. There were 50 different whiskeys to try. Uh, tried a decent amount. Walked away with the Still Austin Cask Strength. It's right here. I already popped it open. And uh, we are going to have a review on that here soon because, Mikey, I just shipped you out a package. You got a care package on the way. But uh, hung out there. Uh, hung out with some cool people from Blue Run. Met Kevin from there. Ginger Jess on Instagram. She's with Sagamore Spirit. But tried a bunch of different whiskey. It was real cool. So if you ever get a chance to go to maybe your local liquor store and do a tasting like that or a fest if they hold something, take the opportunity because you get these little, I, I, I call them like cough syrup samples because uh, that's about how much they pour, right? What you would give right. a kid um, in cough syrup, enough to get a little bit of the palate and the flavoring, but uh, not where it's a full pour. So you can try multiple of them, but it was really cool. It was really fun. Uh, hung out with JW Bourbon. That's Jamie, uh, 630 Whiskey, Aaron. Got to met, meet Ramiro, who is uh, 2221 Woodworks. Uh, Dan the Taco Man, uh, as well as Rob's Garage. So all the cool people were there. Uh, missed out on a couple of people, but a uh, couple of people, but really cool, cool time this past weekend. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, looked like you had a lot to as an offering there at, at Malloy's there. <clears throat> yeah, like it was crowded. It was, it was packed. There had to be about five, 600 people that showed up through the entire event. I don't know if that's an accurate number, but I'd say that's a pretty decent number. But got to try some good stuff. And speaking of good stuff, there's some good stuff going in baseball, Michael. And the Cincinnati Reds are the hottest team as we start this podcast. And currently, they are up 7-2 to in the bottom of the fifth versus the Colorado Rockies. So it looks like they may go on to win 10 in a row. If they do that today, that would be tied with the 2012 team for the longest in the last 11 years. They hadn't won eight in a row until 2012, and they've done that, of course, nine last night. Today, game 10, if they win it, 2012 was the year they last won 10 games in a row. Who was the winning pitcher in game 10? In 2012? In 2012. Let's go with, I can picture see him right now. He's a righty. Bronson Arroyo. Bronson Aurelio is a great guess, but that is incorrect. It is Matt Latos. Do you remember that guy? Latos. I do remember that yeah. guy. It's, there's a great, after his career, he still tried pitching. And yeah, he's, an independent he, ball. Yeah, threw, he's the guy Ooh. who hit a guy, walked towards mm-hmm. the batter after hitting him, threw down his glove, and just started brawling with the guy. It was great. <laughs> Matt, Matt Latos. Latos. supposed to be a big, big thing for the Reds. He what? Well, they think they traded him to the Padres, or did they get him from the Padres? One of those two, because he mm-hmm. played for the Padres at one point of his career. Uh, I think they traded him to the Padres, and they got back the first baseman um, Alonzo, uh, not Pete Alonzo, but oh, and that's when then they traded Rizzo to the Cubs because they got Alonzo. They, mm-hmm. they figured Alonzo was their future, not mm-hmm. Rizzo. Let's right. So thank you, Reds. <laughs> um, so we get a World Series out of it. But that has been the transition that we use with trivia to our baseball portion of the podcast. So I already told a story. We talked about how I went 
to Chicago and I went and did some whiskey stuff, but I also did some baseball stuff. If you aren't following us on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram, or Twitter, you know, or Twitter, you would have seen that I was at Wrigley Field uh, to catch the Cubs. They played the Pirates, who they're playing tonight, and they're up currently three to nothing after a Talkman home run and Nico Horner in there with a headfirst double or triple, excuse me. Uh, in the top of the eighth. Still, the windup and the pitch, and he <laughs> rips it into the left field gap, and he's hustling, baby. He's hustling. <laughs> yeah, so I tell you what, he gets a triple. I bet you five bucks. No? The throw, okay. and wow, a head first sliding triple. <laughs> Would you look at that? <laughs> I predict the future, Michael. Uh, but of course, I am about 10 seconds ahead of Michael on my feed. Somehow that always seems to happen, except the judge home run last year. Judge home run 62. <laughs> <laughs> but um, And you can hear, that was episode number two last year in 2022. But as I was saying, I went and saw the Cubs. They played Pirates last week. Uh, they One of the hottest teams in baseball. Saw some great baseball at Wrigley Field. I do want to give a shout-out. Uh, on Thursday night in the bleachers, I was sitting with CeCe and Christina. Um, they were awesome people to talk baseball with. Christina, a fellow season ticket holder. But it was CeCe's birthday, her 26th birthday. The Cubs got a victory, 7-2. to But I made an uh-oh. Mm? Yeah. And the game? Kind of. Oh. <laughs> you I think, know I already, I think where, you're in, where you're going. So, it with the wins? It was June 15th. No, no, not that. Uh-oh. That was the second uh-oh. uh-oh. It was June 15th. That's basically summer. I've played baseball in Chicago in May and June where it's 100 degrees. Forecast was for a high of 85. I'm a meteorologist. If If you're new to the podcast, I do weather on television for a living. I forecast the weather. I didn't look at a forecast. I figured it was going to be warm. It was June. It was 85 degrees at 1 o'clock. At first pitch, it was fucking 49 degrees outside. And it was howling. What was it? What was it? 49 degrees. Fucking 49 degrees. Yeah. And the wind chill was even cooler. So I held off. I held off. I made it to the fourth inning, and I'm just wearing a t-shirt. And... Jeans. Great T-shirt as it is. It was a good T-shirt. It was it was uh, our barrels and barrels T-shirt. That's uh, right. Great T-shirt. Comfy oh, what shirt. a throw! What a throw! But uh, be... maybe it's not. It's a comfy shirt, but maybe not the warmest shirt, huh? No, we not can't, the warmest. We can't shirt. push that on people. That's warm. No, it, it's not warm. I wouldn't say it's going to get you through a blizzard or it's going to get you through a uh, a cold spell. But I had to. I break down and. I had to go to the gift shop and the uh, on the concourse and buy a new hoodie. So I'm the new proud owner of this Cubs City Connect hoodie. So it's did you go really with nice the thing. cheapest one or something that you kind of liked and spent a lot? Uh, I went with not the cheapest one, but okay. cheaper. There were a couple that were about 100 150 and I'll tell you what, they were not anticipating this either because they were bringing out boxes of hoodies and they were bringing in blankets and uh, they were like, oh, well, we can capitalize on these sales. Uh, but this one was eighty nine ninety nine. It's a pretty thin hoodie, but I tell you what, it's, it pretty, it's pretty fashionable. Hold on, I'm going to put it on. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was laughing whenever Brandon sent me the uh, picture of him. What did you know? I'm a meteorologist, and I didn't I didn't forecast or look at the forecast. That's hilarious. Yeah, I didn't look at the forecast. I didn't do the forecast because I was like, I don't need to because it's 
going to be 85. But yeah, so I got this hoodie. Uh, that's my story. Sticking to it. Uh, I like the what hoodie. What shirt did I, you? So, so you wore our Barrels and Barrels shirt. You got a new hoodie out of it. Which, and then what shirt did you wear the next day? Well, I also got uh, ALS Cubs shirt at the bleachers on Thursday. That was the handout for the game. So I put that shirt over our shirt, and then I put the hoodie on over it. So I had three layers, <laughs> and it was still cold. But um, Cubs got the win then, 7-2. to two. Next day, I that went with my dad for Father's Day on Friday. Had to wear my bleachers, 120 Wrigley Field scoreboard shirt from Obvious Shirts. Fantastic shirts. Also got my daughter a shirt from Obvious Shirts. You'll like this one. That is perfect. It says, I'm allergic to St. Louis, um, so she can wear this. And it's also great because she can wear it in Cincinnati, and people still still like it. And it still fits. That's great. That's great. We're not sponsored by Obvious Shirts, but obviously we love them. Uh, And obviously we love Rick Sutcliffe, who's a former Cub, Cy Young Award winner in 1984. He quote tweeted our tweet. So we got kind of semi-famous on Twitter. That's why I said you need to check us out Celebrity. Yeah, celebrity. uh, (laughs) Yes. Uh, So Friday, they got a big win. The Cubs beat the Orioles 10-3. to Very great week at Wrigley Field. Fun time. Oh, they called him safe. They They called him safe. Yeah. Sorry. Amazing throw. He got his hand in there. That's what she said. Uh, I definitely have to rate this podcast explicit. But that was a heck of a throw by uh, the left fielder, Policios. Man, the the catcher just didn't get the tag. Um, Hedges just didn't get the tag on him, I don't think. But really cool play. Celebrations, say you and Horner. But yeah, I had to head out to Wrigley Field, and uh, I did want to throw something else out there. Um, I'm kind of disappointed in Ian Happ. He went three for four. He had cycle watch, but that's not what I'm disappointed in. I don't know if you listen to the Compound Podcast. That's Ian Happ's podcast as well as Dakota Meckis as well as Zach Short. But they've got, they're sponsored by Parse Rum. Uh, no free ads. We're not sponsored by Parse Rum. But they, and they say in the, in the podcast that it's just, uh, the rum for whiskey drinkers. So maybe we'll have to do a Parse Rum review. Bro, I had a, I had a aged rum. It was aged 22 years. It's one of the most delicious things I've had. Yeah. One of the well, Parse makes a three-year, a nine-year, and a 12-year. So I'm going to have to tag them in this. But uh, So Parse Rum uh, is their thing. That's who sponsors the Compound Podcast. And on the podcast, they do a thing where Ian says, when I say Parse, you say rum. And then he says Parse, and the other guys, in your say case, rum. would have to say rum. Uh, so I screamed it from the bleachers. When I say Parse, you say rum, Parse. And he didn't turn around. Didn't acknowledge me at all. So I got big leagued by uh, Ian Happ. So thanks, Ian. <laughs> That's why he was sat the next day. He went three for yeah, four. That is what it was. Hat, yeah. Who sits a hot player like that? Yeah, I, I talked with Rossi, and that's why he got the bench on Friday. I'm <laughs> just kidding. But uh, Ian Happ had a great game. He went one for uh, he went single, double, triple, uh, three for four. He had four RBIs in that game. So he had a heck of a great, week last great week. Great games you were at. Yeah, and speaking of a heck of a week, the players of the week were announced today. Oh, he just struck out, and he's getting into it with the umpire as I'm talking about Ian Happ. He's like, that ball is not even in the strike zone. Yeah, that was not a strike. That ball was about a ball and a half outside. I love how we can do play-by-play while we podcast, and we hopefully – oh, that ball was way up, Uh, and it was short outside. Even the ump kind of hesitated. Okay, well, moving back on. 
Players of the Week were announced today uh, because of the holiday yesterday, but the NL Player of the Week goes to, I thought there were two players who could have won this, but it goes to Michael Harris of the Atlanta Braves, who had a great week. About time he started to play. Uh, He led the league in batting average at 556. Uh, slug 963, had three home runs, two doubles. He had nine RBI. Uh, I don't even think he was the best player on his team last week, but he, he got the NL player of the week. Yeah. If you want, if that, if it tells you anything about the kind of year he's having, he's still hitting in the last six games, he's hitting 522, but he's still batting 248 on the year with only seven stolen bases. And that's supposed to be the guy's MO. And he was the rookie of the year uh, last year. So he's having a little bit of a sophomore slump, but uh, he just came back uh, the last week with his best week of the year. And we'll see if, if he gets hot. But man, I don't know if there's anybody in the NL that can compete with the Braves. No, absolutely not. If, Acu- if Acuna Acuna's and Michael Harris uh, right next to him in the outfield does that, and then, I mean, even Ozuna from the Braves is doing pretty good as well. It's a little bit of bounce back, hitting home runs. He's not right. just uh, something sitting out there in left field. He's actually having a good year, and that's Ozuna from the Braves. Ozuna from the Braves. But he's not even the guy who I think is the best of the entire NL last week. And he was his teammate. He was a left fielder. And that was Eddie Rosario, who had an incredible week as well. That wow. dude. Had a fantastic week. He, I think he hit five home runs. Uh, yeah, he had five home runs, 11 RBIs. His OPS last week was 1.614, which was the best in the National League. Yet, yet, yet uh, Michael Harris got it. But either way, both of them deserved it. Uh, I'm glad that one of the Braves won it. Uh, in the other league is the best player on the planet right now, Shohei Otani. I was, I was still thinking NL <laughs> for a second. No, was, yeah, Shohei was... Otani. Sitting here looking at the Braves' uh, statistics for the last week as they did have a great week. But, yes, Shohei Otani, um, this is not his first time winning Player of the Week, is it? It's his fifth, fifth career, but it's his first one this year. He's been in the league since 2018, so that's one a year for the last couple of years, and 2021 was his MVP campaign. But the monster week that Otani had, oh, six home runs in seven games. Six and seven, two doubles, drove in 12. His average is 435, but get this. His slugging was 1.304, his slugging. And he had an OPS of 1.892. Oh, and he got a pitcher win in one of the games last week too. Goodness gracious. <laughs> right? Like how so, incredible. You know what's great is our, one of our uh... – Followers, uh, Daniel Howard had Shohei Otani not his offensive lineup with that in the week. It just uh, he didn't have him in his lineup. He had, you have to, with Otani, you have to choose hitter or pitcher. You can't do both, and he chose pitcher, which wasn't bad. But mm-hmm. I mean, as a hitter, like you just said, one point eight OPS, one point yeah, nearly one point nine, 1.8, but nearly one point nine. Insane week. He's having a five points. Goodness gracious. Yeah, the entire month of June that he's having this year is insane. But just his line so far this year, he's hitting 300. He's got a 384 OBP, slugging 632. So he's got an OPS over 1,000, and that leads the entire league. He's leading the league in home runs. And speaking of the league leaders in home runs, uh, he leads Pete Alonzo, who just came back, uh, who's oh, got he? 22. Good. 
Yeah, he came back this weekend. But Otani's got 24. Pete Alonso's got 22. Jorge Soler uh, leads the Marlins and his second in the NL at 21. Matt Olson, there's another Brave at 20. Kyle Schwarber, Mr. June, is at 20. And then Aaron Judge sits in sixth at 19. And those statistics right there on YouTube on this side. Nope, it's that side, Brandon, on that side of the screen. Uh, <laughs> but Otani having another MVP season, man. Yeah, I mean, I didn't realize what kind of season was happening until all of a sudden he took the home run lead for the MLB mm-hmm. with, I think, 22. 20, when yeah. he took the lead from Alonzo at 21. Yeah, he tied Alonzo at 22, I think. Okay. But his month of June is incredible, too. Have you seen any of those numbers? We're still at June 20th, too. There's still a week of June, a week and a half of June left. So here's his June slash line, 400, 500, 938. So an OPS of 1438 with nine home runs, 20 RBI, which leads the league in all of those categories, 16 runs. He's got six doubles and a triple, 26 hits. And that's just on the batting side of things. Remember, he's also a starting pitcher. He's one in one. His ERA is not great, but it's a 4.76, which is a five in the lot like if you had if your fifth starter had a 4.76 ERA you'd be okay with it right so right. even though he's not pitching like an ace he's hitting like the best player on the planet and he's also providing some pitching 15 strikeouts in 17 innings he has given up a couple of home runs but he did also pitch against the best offense in the league at the Texas Rangers last week and still got the win yeah the the Rangers can do some damage, and for him yeah. to limit them like that and get the one, like you just said, this, the guy's good. Um, yeah, we're I, almost he, halfway through the season, and I would say he's probably your MVP, MVP at this point. And if we hearken back to our predictions episode, we both picked him as our AL MVP. So everything is right in line. Everything is awesome. <laughs> everything is cool when you got your hay. <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> we're going to have to uh, create some parody songs too maybe that's how we're going to make it famous Michael uh, but speaking of famous uh, we're going streaking through the quad yes. and into the gymnasium there are some hot baseball teams right now Some like, in, in the National League overall in the National League mostly yes there, there are six teams who last week were seven or three and better. And really, the Marlins were the only team at seven and three. There were four other teams at eight and two. And then the Reds at nine and one. I want to touch on the Phillies, who I looked at the standings the other day. I knew the Phillies got hot. And this is a shout out to Dave Edwards, who follows us on Facebook. But the Phillies are four games over 500 coming into today. Yeah, the Phillies, I mean, finally coming back after an abysmal start. Mm-hmm. from being the World Series uh, NL representative. And then yeah. having Trey Turner, Trey Turner having that WBC, the Phillies expected to be, I think, I predicted them to win it all. <laughs> he sure. did. Go back to the World Series and win it all. But, hey, they made it in as the sixth seed last year. Mm-hmm. First time all, yeah. to have a sixth seed. That's all you got to do. Get in. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do is get in. Uh, but I mentioned going streaking. In the month of June, the team's – with the five best records in the month of June, all in the National League. 
The Braves are 13 and 3. The Phillies, we just talked about at 13 and 4. The Giants are 12 and 4. The Marlins Who? are 13. Yeah, the Giants. Who? San Francisco, 12 and 4 in the month of June. Two of those losses coming to the Cubs. Miami Marlins are 13 and 5. And the Cincinnati Reds are 12 and 6. The other team that's streaking are Cubs. They're 10 and 7 in the month of June. But more importantly, after tonight, uh, they'll have 9 out of 11 in their last 11 that's games. Freaking go. Yeah, so they've played much better baseball. They're in contention, but the first place Cincinnati Reds. Not to poo-poo on that, but the Reds sweeped the Cubs. Did you see this, that statistic? When the Reds sweeped the Cubs a couple weeks ago, if they'd gone the other way around, the Cubs would be right there tied with Milwaukee in the first place. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yes, the first place Reds. What I feel like has been I, – I, I think this is the furthest – the Reds have been in first place since 2012. Maybe poor, 2012. Yeah. Poor Joey Votto, man. That's what all I got to say is the guy has not had a winning team most of his major league career with the Reds since since a dec- over a decade ago. Yeah, like 2010, 2011, 2012, I think they were really good teams. But since right. then, I, didn't they make the playoffs in 2020 in the shortened season with uh, Trevor Bauer winning uh, Cy Young? Or did the Cardinals make that playoff? I don't I don't know who won that division. I can't remember. Did the Cubs win that division in 2020? That was that shortened season uh, in 2020. And as I look, the Cubs did win that division. The Reds finished 31-29, and 29, so not as good as I thought. So the Cubs won the division at 34-26. and 26. So, yeah, they haven't even – had that great of a team in a long time. And you speaking of Joey Votto, he's back. He came back yesterday, uh, rotator cuff surgery, 10 months to the day from the surgery he returned. And what's he doing his first yeah. home run? Joey Votto still bangs. He had a bomb to right field in his second at bat. I loved the video that he put out. Did you see that video they put out with his with red the cowboy suit? hat? The cowboy Just, hat, the bolo yeah. tie, and the red suit. Oh. Walking out. No, it was It was pretty cool. Yeah. If you were a Reds fan, you were digging it. Well, living in Reds country right now, I can tell you what, people are going nuts. And it's cool. It's cool to be in a city where there's a baseball team that's having success. Coming into today, they were 38 and 35. Looks like they're going to go up to 39 and 35 because they're up 8 to 2 over the Rockies in the bottom of the seventh. So we can basically say it's 10 in a row for the Reds. Uh, most likely this first time, as I mentioned in our trivia question since 2012, but, uh, the Marlins are playing great baseball. They're near the top of their division. Uh, if it wasn't for the Braves, the, the Marlins would be one of the best teams in the national league. And then Arizona diamondbacks have been playing well. They were only six and four in the last 10 games, but still they're continuing to win. But the giants, they're only three and a half back in the NL West. They just went eight and two. They're helping my prediction. Of the Dodgers not making the playoffs, helping it. So the Dodgers are four and six in their last ten, and they're still thirty nine and thirty three. That's <laughs> and okay. They're in... okay. They don't. They don't have anybody. They got Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, and crickets, crickets. And if the playoffs were to start today, uh, the Dodgers would be in as the sixth mm. seed. Mm. So we're not far off. The Phillies yeah. are one game out of that. Phillies we're are one game out. The Brewers off, are two games out. Uh, the Cubs are five games out of the wild card, but they are uh, three games, three and a half games back of first in the in their division. So the Cubs uh, playing great baseball, the Reds playing great baseball, Giants, D-backs, Marlins, Phillies, and Braves. And the Braves, we haven't really talked much about their success other than the players of the week, but they just went eight and two in the last week. They're on a six-game winning streak going into Philly this weekend. And they uh, had a seven-game winning streak last week. 
and you lost that. and just <laughs> I think might have to go on location or something if I get seven <laughs> t- this time. Change it up a little bit. Yeah, uh, right now they are on the top of the ninth and they are up or bottom of the ninth. It's four to one. Uh, and Iglesias has one out in the bottom of the ninth. So Spencer looks like Strider they made... on, the, on the hill tonight. He only gave up one run. Uh, finally, he's looking like Spencer Strider. Uh, he did give up eight hits against a hot Phillies lineup with nine Ks, but maybe this is Spencer Strider riding the ship. Mm-hmm. And Ranger Suarez was the pitcher for the Phillies coming into this game. He had only given up one run in the entire month of June, and he only gave up one run tonight. So he's gone 26 innings this month with just two earned runs. Very good stuff from him. He had seven strikeouts. He's been one of the best pitchers in the league here in the month of June. Him and Taiwan Walker are really the resurgent part of that rotation for the Phillies coming back. So really good stuff in that division. That's a fun division. That NL East... If only the Mets, the Mets are going to met. The Mets are supposed to have that star-studded rotation of Max Serger, Justin Verlander. Um, they had Taiwan Walker these last few years. Mm-hmm. They've got Kodai Senga, they and they're below 500. Yeah, they're below 500. They are 34 and 38 coming into play today, and they're currently losing to the Houston Astros three to nothing. We say that so negatively, but it's the Cubs' exact record. (laughs) Right. It's just how they got there and the expectations, right? Like the Cubs. We're not spending 80 million on on two pitchers. Two pitchers, yeah. And they won 100 plus games last year, didn't they? They went one on one, like one on one and 61 last year or something like that. And got second place. And got second place. So the Mets were expected to be one of the best teams in baseball, not necessarily just the National League. Uh, but maybe I just jinxed the Braves because the Phillies are now at 4-2 to two and they've got the tying run at the plate as Marsh just got a single. And it's Kyle Schwarber coming to the plate. Oh, no. So here we go. Pouring some more last, some more last notas there from Pouring some more Jean-Claude. Notas. Yeah, no, more Jean-Claude. I, I want those seven points. Don't jinx it. I need Schrider to get the win and give me my seven <laughs> points. <laughs> Uh, well, it looks like uh, it's going to be a good ending in Philly. As we're moving forward, uh, a lot of great baseball, especially in the National League. Um, I saw the Orioles in person. They're an impressive team, even though the Cubs beat them 10-3 to last week. They've got some guys like Gunner. I was watching batting practice. I sent you the video of batting practice, didn't I? Um, just some of the bombs that they were hitting, and it was gusting in. Like the winds were howling in. So that Orioles team is going to be a fun one. Uh, We've already talked quite a bit about them so far this year, but they're still up there, and we'll get to them in our power rankings here shortly. One thing I want to circle back on here, Michael, was last week right before, um, as we were recording, we were talking about the Oakland Athletics. They were going for their sixth win in a row. They got that. They got seven in a row last week. They did. And their seventh win in a row happened during that boycott that we talked about, um, the reverse boycott. And you reverse, and I made yes. a, you and I made a little little wager. Yes, uh, I, I did. Uh, I did come through that. We were very surprised. I didn't think people would turn out. I mean, even when the the A's are good, I feel like they don't turn out. But uh, so I was yeah, thinking about I, that. Uh, I uh, lost that first barrels and barrels chug bet there. Zero um, and one. And I wouldn't really call it a chug bets. bet because I think you just kind of did like a little, a little sip from the bottle. So it was it was 
it was one o'clock in the afternoon. At least fulfill, trying to fulfill my bet. <laughs> Braves win. There's your side uh, side part of the podcast. But yes, uh, go check out our Instagram page, Michael, with his fulfillment of his sip. Even I think Smooth <laughs> called you out. <laughs> Jenny called you out. I couldn't uh, believe that within like five minutes, two people immediately was like, "Wow." Really? That's, <laughs> yeah, that's it. I couldn't uh, believe it. the first two comments. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" You got your seven points, Spencer. Spencer Strider just got to win. Uh, but yeah, so Michael fulfilled it. I do want to give a shout out um, to the Oakland A's fans, right? Like hell yeah to you. You guys showed up. You showed out. Uh, Twenty-seven thousand five hundred plus, I believe, was the mm-hmm. official number, um, and. If I watched the game because I was interested to see what it was going to look like, that place was electric. And I was looking at some tweets today, and a big shout-out to Gamer underscore Athletics, not only on Twitter but also on Instagram. He was part of the guys who set up that reverse boycott. Um, they uh, they were tweeting some things out. Josh Donaldson was talking crap about the Oakland A's back in 2014 about how they don't they have more money than they, they lead on to it. Yeah. And uh, – did you was see the wrong? quote? No. And did you see the quote from Josh Donaldson? No, I didn't. You can only see your best players or your favorite players get traded away so much before you stop showing up, right? Like, imagine if the Cubs consistently just traded away Chris Bryant after one or two years, or Anthony Rizzo after one or two years, or Derek Lee, or if Kerry Wood when was traded up. Ap- when you still have three to four years of control. Right. Control. So... You could hear the anger just talking about it, and I didn't even get deep into it. Right. You just so, riling me up. But think about that. Like, would you want to go support the team? So I don't think this is on A's fans. I think that this is on ownership. Um, oh, absolutely. And I mean, in a money ball, you could see right. Uh, you can see Billy Bean's act, the act, you know, portrayal of Billy Bean, Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. begging the guy for just a little bit, mm-hmm. and him sitting there like. No. Yeah. Back in 2002. Yeah. This is oh. I mean so it's been it's been two decades of this game that ownership's been playing. And when they two win the, the the fans show up. I wouldn't say that they all show up, but when they win they come out and they support their team and it was a really good showing last week and I do want to give a a round of applause to the A's fans. That was a really cool atmosphere and I do want to make it out to the Coliseum before they move. Um, because right now it looks like a fait accompli because the bill was passed in Vegas, at least the first step to it, to help fund the stadium. And I think that they're at a point where they can start putting a shovel on the ground or they're real close to it. So uh, it's more likely that they will be the Vegas A's or one of those names here within the next couple yeah, of years. I was about to say, did you see Bryce Harper even commented that he doesn't think they should be the A's? No, he thinks that it should be a, a new franchise that moves in there. Like they they expand there rather than move because he says Oakland is its own brand, but I, I can know. get that. I can yeah, so, that. So do I, uh, like the Vegas Knights, they just won the cup and they were, uh, an expansion team in the NHL. So it's, it's sad. It's going to be a sad day when the Oakland A's move. Um, but I did want to give the A's fans the, their flowers and I did want to puff my chefs out because Michael lost a bet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Brandon is one and zero oh, um, barrels and barrels 
Chug bets. Yes. One and oh. Uh, I will get you one day, sir. I will get you. I'm going to get you good. Uh, speaking of attendance from the Oakland A's, I don't know if you saw what happened this weekend, but uh, MLB set an attendance bench- benchmark for Father's Day weekend. Did you see anything what? about that? Yeah. They, they set a you record. Mean baseball's not dead. <laughs> right? Uh, 603,000. Sorry. 603,000. Thousand fans attended baseball game on Sunday in 16 games. Now there were 16 because there was a doubleheader between the uh, Boston Red Sox and the Yankees, but that is the highest Sunday attendance in baseball since 2008. Holy crap! The best average attendance for a Sunday since 2014, and the first back-to-back weekends of more than 1.5 million fans since 2017. <laughs> so uh, that's fantastic. I think this is all because of the new rules, man. I, I, I will tell you, I will sit down and know after the World Baseball Classic and they kept doing the overlays mm-hmm. of how long, like the one uh, pitcher from the Dodgers, the one pitch versus an entire inning of yeah. the new pitch clock. But yeah, I agree with you. Um, and you I, feel it in the stands at a game. You don't necessarily notice it, but I think you you feel that there's a lot more action. I know when I'm sitting on my couch, I can't get up and run to the bathroom real quick or grab <laughs> another bite to eat or anything. And I'll miss this batter. I know I'll miss the batter. Where if in the previous years, I could get up, cook miss one or two pitches, brown, brown some ground beef, <laughs> and only miss, like you said, two pitches. That's crazy. Oh, here's a cool statistic Albert, Albert Alzale in the ninth inning or later, 9.1 innings. Zero earned runs. Let's go. Let's go. Future closer. Hey, Jed Hoyer. Jed Hoyer. Check this out. The Cubs. <laughs> yeah. The Cubs can compete. Yes. Get Future them some closer? help. Future closer, maybe. Uh, another quality start. Seventh consecutive quality start for Marcus Stroman. His longest active in the MLB. But uh, another stud performance by Stro. Uh, I know we're kind of bouncing around a little bit. His ERA is down to two point two eight. Marcus Stroman. Yeah. Where's that fall? Do you know where that falls in the lead, lead leaguers at all for the starting league, pitchers? The league leaders uh, when it comes to starting pitching. At one point, it was Justin Steele who was leading the league for, until he got hurt. Until Yeah, um, he was up there. But Marcus Stroman was, I think he, I think him, Steele, and Smiley are in the top 10 for ERA. 2.28 would put him third in the major league right now, behind Framber at 2.27, who we gave out as the AL Cy Young uh, a couple of weeks ago at plus uh, plus 2,000, excuse me. So there's a name to keep an eye on. And then Shane McClanahan has the best ERA in baseball at 2.12. Stroman is third. Luis Luis Castillo is at eighth with a 2.73, and Justin Steele at 2.71, Bryce Elder at 2.60, and... uh, I Drew do Smiley. not think Smiley's in there. Drew Smiley is 24th at 3.38. Hmm. But still, three of the Cubs starters in the top 24 in baseball in ERA. That's good stuff there. Um, but go. going back Let's to the go. attendance, uh, you were talking. we were talking about the attendance being higher because of, I think, the pitch clock. Have you watched any college baseball in the I World Series? No. Um, it's very drastic. Yeah, I do when it gets to closer to the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I haven't watched any of it. Yeah. So if you watch any college baseball, you'll notice the pitch clock right now. <laughs> Mike, 
you'll notice the difference because those games seem lethargic and drawn out compared to them. There's still a lot of action and there's still a lot of like excitement, but it just, it's a lot slower of a game. Cubs win. Cubs win. Pirates scoreless in 24 consecutive innings versus the Cubs. So back-to-back shutouts for the Cubbies. Uh, Cubbies get a dub. That is nine out of 11. They've won five in a row versus the Pirates. Here we go. Let's go. Uh, ooh, the Rockies are trying to make a comeback. It's eight to five now. The Reds here in the top of the eighth. If you didn't know, you were watching right here. Barrels and Barrels Big Innings, <laughs> sponsored <laughs> by Blue Note Las Lotas. You were getting in out live action here. We need to, we need to hold an episode live on live. YouTube and Facebook. Yeah, we definitely have to do that. Maybe we can co-host with Bobby Bad X Bourbon. Maybe um, do like a a live co-streaming with him get our get our subscriber numbers up that's another hint to go subscribe to us on youtube at barrels and barrels pod so i i've been bouncing around a little bit college world series wake forest florida and tcu we're still waiting on the final final four team at this point it's lsu versus tennessee tonight and then we will going into the final four but some really cool baseball lsu could have two i think the number one overall pick in paul screenus the mm-hmm. dude looks like an ace, like he could pitch in the major league today. He's the guy chucking 100 and pitch 100, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. He looks like he looks like Mark Pryor. Body. Uh-oh, don't do that to him. <laughs> I know, but he has Mark Pryor's body. The big legs, big shoulders. But then I think LSU has a top five overall pick hitter, too. Mm-hmm. So... Getting a little into, little into the MLB draft, which is in July now, the All Star break, yeah, which I think overshadows it. I, I don't, I don't like that move. But. No, but we'll probably, especially you, will probably do more in that hole because you're a prospecty kind of guy and you like the draft a little more than I get into. Uh, yeah, nerds, <laughs> L seven weenie. <laughs> um, but college baseball. There's also not just college baseball. There's independent league baseball. This had me losing it last Thursday when I saw this was announced. So the Bismarck Larks of the Northwood Leagues Baseball League, it's a college basically developmental league. So when the college athletes go home for the summer, they go sometimes to these independent league baseball leagues to teach them not only how to play competitively uh, in like an organization, but also that's a wood bat league. Because in college, they use the metal bats. So the Northwoods League, which was actually pretty big when I worked in Duluth, there's a team called the Bismarck Larks. But on July 27th, they are changing their names to the Missouri River Motorboaters. The what? <laughs> the Motorboaters. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> I, I heard you that time. <laughs> what do you think of that? Where, what's their original name? The Bismarck Larks. And what's a lark? A bird. And they're going to the motorboaters. Is the, that a the Missouri River motorboaters? I mean, I, if I look up the definition, I would get a different de- definition on Urban Dictionary than I would uh, regular Merriam-Webster. Oh, you know, they're, um, yeah, they're totally going. Are they for the Merriam-Webster? No, it's there. <laughs> they've got a T-shirt that says "Future Motorboater" on it for children. <laughs> you motorboat son of a bitch! You. <laughs> Uh, just to say, whatever they did, it worked because I bought a hat. (laughs) Does it say motorboats on it? Uh, it's just got the motorboat logo on it. It doesn't say motorboaters. 
Oh, you didn't want to, you you didn't want to go that far to have. I don't think they've got a that says motor boaters, but uh, the logo itself is the motor of a boat, so like a boat motor. So wow, that's awesome. Pretty funny. They weren't even on the map, and they just put themselves there. Uh, agreed, and that's just brilliant marketing. So hats off to the Bismarck Larks or the Missouri River Motor Boaters. Uh, <laughs> definitely have to rank this podcast explicit uh player of the game going to marcus stroman uh sorry we've gotten off topic quite a bit speaking of off topic uh we're gonna get back on topic it is a bourbon and baseball podcast let's go to our top 10 power rankings which is brought to you by absolutely no one yet and that is your thought. Seat Geek, if you're listening to us, maybe aged and or, hey, maybe you got a business. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. If you want to sponsor our podcast, reach out to us, barrelsandbarrels at gmail.com. Uh, we're cheap. We're not We're not looking for thousands of dollars. Maybe a dollar here or there. I don't know. Hey, you know us a bone hey, here, man. Hey, hey, help us buy some bourbon. Hey. But uh, Top 10. Michael, uh, Tampa Bay still at the top of the top for you. Yes, I definitely have Tampa Bay up there. Um, Texas is still my second team um, powerhouse. I just I, I couldn't move um, them off. Yeah, I struggled between second and third uh, making these rankings. I did change my second team last week. I had Texas there and Atlanta in third. This week, I am flipping them. I go the Braves two and Texas in the third spot, more so just because Texas lost a couple of games and the Braves have just been red hot. They've just won their seventh in a row tonight, but coming into today, and again, these are as of this morning, June 20th, so basically end of play yesterday, June 19th. So Uh, I almost did the same thing. I almost did the same thing, but the Braves' win streak is against Washington. Detroit and Colorado, where Texas they did take do go one and three. I think was what probably pushed them into third for you. For the Angels, yeah. the yeah. Angels, who is a who is a top ten consensus consensus team, and so that's the reason I went Texas. Still, is that they did face a good team, and that the Braves were beating the bad teams, which yeah. we're supposed to do. But can't argue. I think it's one. They they could be flip flop really easily, yeah. as you see what we did right here, two and three. Yeah, and they went two and three over the Toronto Blue Jays this past weekend. They shouldn't have won the game on Sunday. They were down five to nothing in the second inning, and they had a big comeback to win seven to five. I watched much of that game. Uh, Texas is still a great team. <laughs> Not slamming them there, but the way the Braves played. I don't care who they played. They still won seven in a row. Their offense has been on fire. The Rangers are still a really good team, and they're in third uh, in my power rankings. But uh, in fourth, I have the Orioles again. I saw them in person. They've gone seven and three in their last several games. Uh, they look good on the field still. They're still playing very good baseball, and they're still second in the AL East. Uh, behind Tampa Bay by five games, but every other team in that division is behind by double-digit games or more. That was the um, the Orioles have the like you just said the second best record there. Going back, I don't see that the that the series loss to the Cubs was their first series loss in maybe four or five, maybe more mm-hmm. than that. The Orioles are still a hot team. Uh, maybe the Cubs are just a little bit hotter right now. Yeah, I I think the, they caught the Cubs at the wrong time. Right, the Cubs yeah, absolutely won nine out of eleven. They're playing their best baseball of the year since the month of April. 
Uh, they're on a hot streak. The Orioles could have won the game on Saturday. They were out of it on Friday, but and they came back and they won on Sunday. So they still had a productive weekend. They didn't get swept by the Cubs, even though they had the potential to. Some of them fighting back. Uh, that's why they are fourth for me. And then my fifth team is the same team as last week, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Right, and the Arizona. I had the same thing. Baltimore four, um, Arizona five, and Arizona could have been this fourth team had they not dropped three out of four to Philly. Yeah. All they had to do was win that series, and I think then they're they're in front of Baltimore here. And they won the opener in that game last week against Philly, and then lost three in a row to end the series. So, and that Ouch. was a big come from behind win on Monday. So I thought that was going to spring them through that series, but. Uh, and really, there's no place to go, right? With Tampa, Atlanta, Texas all in front of them, the only place that they could go was the fourth, and Baltimore had a better record over the last 10 days, so that's why I kept Arizona in fifth. I've got a new team in sixth, though. Uh, my team, the Miami Marlins, jumping up to sixth. Yeah, they are now sixth, and that is why I am repping their shirt today. He was until he got a little nipply. His, there we go. His nip you can only see that on that YouTube. Miami shirt there. Yeah, it's Miami. So this is a Jose Fernandez jersey. So R.I.P. Jose. But uh, the Miami Marlins, still a little scary um, peripheral-wise. But, hey, they are one of the better teams in the NL. And in the NL East, they are just behind the Braves. So I wish they would not do. And I understand you do it with young arms. The guy's only 20 years old, but they're talking about shutting – Yuri Perez down already by sending him down to the minor leagues. The guy pitched great baseball once again tonight. He pitched against a great Toronto Blue Jays team. Six innings, three hits, nine Ks, no walks. This pitch, this kid at 20 years old knows what he's doing, and they're talking about sending him down to control his innings. If you want to win baseball, let him pitch. Yeah, but would he? If you send him down now, and you're able to space it out you're not going to make the playoffs you're not well, going to make the playoffs if you do make the playoffs you're not going to have them though because remember he's in innings, 2012 like. when the nationals shut down steven strasburg for the playoffs yeah well and that's look at the guy did. now look at the guy now Did well, it and, really help him right but but yeah I mean, go ahead i'm just saying <laughs> who knows if you're even going to have them in the playoffs if you're setting a strict limit on his innings wouldn't you rather limit it in the middle of the year and then potentially have them for the playoffs? So teams should start doing the Roger Clemens. And instead of delaying these guys, instead of limiting these guys midseason when wins kind of matter a little bit more, when you know what you're going at, don't start them. Start, don't start them until May or June, like Roger mm -hmm. Clemens did his final, what, year or two? Mm -hmm. Didn't come back until June? Yeah. So, anyways, I got off into a tangent there because it's upsetting me because Ray Perez is a fantasy team. He's no, it's been not your fan fan See, that's the issue. If it wasn't on your fantasy team, there would be no explanation or anything. We just wasted three minutes of our viewers' and listeners' times because of your damn fantasy team, Michael. The guy in seven, in seven starts has a 1.8 ERA, four wins, 36 strikeouts, and 35 innings. Anyways, Brandon... Um, yeah, so who's your so sixth team? Rankings, my sixth team is the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Okay, why are um, they ahead of the Marlins then? So they have not lost a series since they played the Cubs and went 0-3 against them. No, the Cubs um, went 0-3 against them. The yeah. Angels swept the Cubs. 
the Angels swept the Cubs. I have that reversed then. So they have they haven't lost a series in one, two, three, four series. The Phil the if the Diamondbacks would have done better against Philadelphia. Again, Philadelphia is the team that's making the difference here. As we talked about early in the podcast, they are hot. And the Diamondbacks went one and three. Oh, we're talking about Miami, not Arizona. Yeah, we're talking about Miami, not Arizona. And I'm asking you why Los Angeles is ahead of the Marlins. You can see my bourbon glass is empty. <laughs> Marlins um, are eight and have, two in their last ten. The Anaheim Angels are seven and three. I have the Angels ahead. Is it because um, they beat the Texas Rangers? Yes. Yes. Because they they went and took a series against they didn't split it. They went three and one against a hot Texas Ranger a good Texas Ranger team. That's exactly one of the best teams in the league. I have, I, I don't have any issues with that. Um, the Marlins are a team where I was trying to mention it a little bit ago, but their run differential is still minus 13 and they are in second. I think in that, that was it too. I think, um, I think I look at the record and then I look at the run differential and then what they've been doing lately as well. That's a lot. That's part of the three things I look at there. So Marlins are 42 and 32. But the Marlins as, are right there for me as my next team. Yeah, your seventh team. But the Marlins are 42 and 32, but by Pythagorean theorem record expectations, they should be 35 and 39. So shows you how lucky they've been in one-run games, uh, and their offense has not been great at all. They only have four more runs than the Washington Nationals, and they have the second-least amount of runs scored in all of the NL, tied with the Pirates at 300, who just got shut out again tonight. My seventh team is the Angels. Uh, again, they're jumping up four. They were 11 for me last week, so they are jumping into my top 10 for the first time, second time this year. They were there at nine back in May in May 24th and May 31st, so they're back in the top 10. They're in seventh for me, and that's the same reason they're in six for you, because I beat Texas, and they've been playing great baseball in Otani. Right, absolutely. Um, who then, who do you have eighth, Brandon? I have the Boston Red Sox jumping up four spots. Uh, they swept the Yankees in New York this weekend. New York. And they swept them in a doubleheader. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. They're still scoring a ton of runs, seventh most runs in baseball. Uh, they're in that division. Ironically, they're in dead last in that division. But they're still, I think, one of the better teams I think they're better right now than the Yankees, and I think they're better right now than the Blue Jays. So that's why they're eighth on my top ten. Right. I have Boston uh, coming in at tenth. Okay. Um, they did take out of, what, let's see, six games from the Yankees. They took five of them away from, mm-hmm. and that, that matters Yep. when you're when you're playing a divisional opponent right th- like that. Especially they, with the lack of divisional games that we have this year, right? The more you right. win against your division – the better off you're we can be. see in that AL East, it matters. I mean, oh, yeah, each team is pretty about a game. You know, the last three teams there are about a game spread. And as we talk right um, now, not to get off on a tangent, but Boston's beating the Minnesota Twins 10 to nothing right now, so they're pouring it on in Minnesota. Yeah, Boston's offense has always been good. James Paxton has come back with a vengeance and is looking like a mainstay mm-hmm. for them. Um, but they lost. The reason I have them 10th is they did have a series loss against Colorado. And my eighth team, who had a jump of eight spots into the top 10, eight spots, and 
Brandon. They're not even my biggest jump. But this is the San Francisco Giants jumping into the top ten out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, they took they swept the Cardinals, they swept LA, and they've won the first game against the Padres. Mm-hmm. Um, they're playing great baseball and they're second in the NL West right now. Did they win last night against the Padres? They did. Yep. Yes, they did. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> It's a three-run yes, walk-off yes. home run by Yastrzemski. Uh, I have them in my top ten as well for the first time this year. They jumped up five for me. I had them ranked 15th last week. Um, they are 10th for me, jumping into the top ten. They plus 51 run differential. I didn't realize how strong their offensive uh, numbers had been this year. And that, that's, technically, that's a, that's a five five spot jump for you. Mm-hmm, five spot jump. They swept the Dodgers, as you mentioned. They're even kind of getting unlucky. Right now, if you looked at the expected win-loss from the Pythagorean record, the Giants have the best record in that division because right now their expected record is 41-31. and 31. The Diamondbacks is 40-33, and 33, and the Dodgers is 40-32. and 32. So they've kind of been unlucky according to statistics here. They are 20-15 and 15 versus teams above 500. That's very solid. That's the yes. best record in that division regarding teams above 500, they are pretty good on the road. Diamondbacks are the best team on the road, 21 and 11, but, and they're looking like they're going to wrap up their 22nd win versus the Brewers tonight. But the giants, they jump up to 10 yeah, for me. They're, uh, yeah. That's, that's five spots for you giants, but that's not your biggest jump. Mm-mm, that's not my, even your biggest jump. Who's, big, your, who's your biggest jump here in my, uh, your ninth spot? I'm going with the Cincinnati Reds up 10 spots from 19th last week. I believe in this team. Oh, we gave it out. Remember last week on the podcast, I said, put money on the Reds to win the division. I think the number was at plus 1000 at that point, And they were the worst odds in the division. They're down to plus 440 on FanDuel, which is still the third best in the division. But that is a very big change. That's why I talk about value. Think about in the last week, you just theoretically lost $560 on a $100 bet because of the difference in value. They went from the 19th power-ranked team to the ninth In my that, that's, ranking. Uh, that's yeah. crazy. That just shows what that, one, the Reds are red hot. Mm-hmm. And two, Ten in a row the with team, tonight's win. The teams win. that were in that 5 to 10 range have played terrible baseball. Oh, boy. And, so there's runners on first and second, oh top my, of the ninth. Oh, the uh, and... Two outs in the top of the ninth. The Rockies are down by two. So the go-ahead run is on or at, at the plate for the Rockies right now. So we're going to have to keep a close eye on this game. But the the Reds, yes, jumped to ninth in my standings. Can, are they in your top ten? Yeah, I have the Reds jumping ten spots as well. Um, two, they tenth? are my tenth team. Okay. Yes. One Put them thing as low in, as 20. Yeah. And if we look at far, even further back, I have – the Reds, I think we both had them at one point. And I had them in week two. You had them in week three of our power rankings. That's not week two and week three yeah. of the season. But dating back to May 10th, you had them as the 27th ranked team. Yep. They've and played now good look baseball. at them in the top 10. Even if you go that back to May 24th. baseball, baby. May 24th, I had them in 27th as well. So they've played very good baseball. Their rookies are playing great i mean ever since they've called up ellie they've been i think if you if they win tonight and even ellie hasn't played well ellie right. hasn't even played well right he had he, the freight great first two three games 
And since then, he's hit the ball on the ground about every at-bat. But mm-hmm. that just shows you how crowded that Reds team is. And, and they, don't even, they haven't even called CES up, CES yeah. up yet. Yeah, Christian Encarnacion Strand. I thought that was going to be last night, but Joey Votto came up last night. So I was kind of right. They brought up a player that was pivotal to their lineup, just not the player I thought it was going to be. So you have to look and tell us when uh, Strand's going to be coming up according to like promotional schedule. <laughs> it might be this weekend. They play the Braves here in town this weekend. Uh, Saturday. Uh, but that's enough of a crowd. That's enough of a crowd of yeah. a top team to come in. I'll have to go and circle something on the calendar. I don't want to waste any more time for our listeners. But, yeah, so Cincinnati jumps up to ninth, 9-1 and one in their last 10. It could be 10 in a row with tonight uh, here in the top of the ninth. But the one thing that's funny and kind of crazy is in that division, which is a very tight division, the Cubs just jumped to third in that division with the win of the Pirates. But the Cubs are the only team in that division with a positive run differential. Every other team hey. is... 18 or worse. Uh, the Cardinals actually have the second best run differential at minus 13. They still suck. The Cubs have the best expected win record in that division. Not obviously you, you are what your record says, but the Cubs should be 38 and 34. According to their expected win total, every other team in that division should be below 500 according to that statistic. But the Reds, I mean, the Reds are real uh, and the hype is real. So, And they have more to come. <laughs> they this have is just the beginning for them. They've got another pitcher in the minors. Their one thing I think they're going to be looking for at the deadline is starting pitching, but we'll touch on more on that uh, as we get closer to the deadline and closer through the month of July. But uh, that's our top 10. Uh, I'll list them again for me. I go Tampa, Atlanta, Texas, Baltimore, Arizona, Miami, LA, Boston, Cincinnati, and San Francisco. Michael. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty close. I think we had the exact same top 10. We don't have any teams different but different just different order i've got tampa bay texas atlanta baltimore arizona angels of los angeles of anaheim miami san francisco and rounding it out cincinnati and boston awesome well some fun and there's a lot of parody in that top 10 right like who would have thought at the beginning of the year that we'd be talking about texas baltimore arizona miami the angels Cincinnati and San Francisco all being some of the top 10 teams in Major League Baseball. No no Dodgers, no, no Yankees, no Cardinals. That's 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 great. No Houston? No Mariners. Houston wasn't in there. No Houston. Yeah, I had Houston like to jump just not to waste too much more time, but I had Houston and the Yankees both drop out of my top 10, down 6 positions, Toronto down 6 positions, Pittsburgh down 7. So while the NL took over the past week, the AL really faltered. Uh, and just missing out of my top 10 for those Phillies fans pissed off. You're at 11 right now in my power rankings at uh, 11th place with a minus 13 run differential. So, you said the Phillies? Yeah, and they just lost yeah. tonight. Yep, so. 11 for me as well. So um, we're in pretty good lockstep, and we don't look at these either. Like I make nope. mine, and then you make yours, and we put them together as we get closer to the show. But uh, I That's love fantastic. doing this. I love doing this with you, dude. This is fun. I can talk Cheers, for bro. hours. I can talk for Cheers. hours. Cheers. Uh, with your empty cups glass. Thanks to, thanks to Jean-Claude. I got a little spitful in there. This is Jean-Claude right here. Jean-Claude Barreau. So, yeah, this has been uh, episode 30 of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast, where we bring you high proof and high heat, baby. Ain't That's that right, right. Brandon?
high proof and a high heat where our proof is high but the heat we talk baseball is even higher um Again, you can find us on YouTube at Barrels and Barrels Pod, also on Instagram at Barrels and Barrels Pod, and Facebook at Barrels and Barrels Pod. I did want to give a shout out. We had a new follower on Facebook who reached out to us, and I told him I was going to shout him out here in the episode. So hopefully he is still listening. But Doug C reached out to us on Facebook saying that he's a huge scotch and bourbon guy and he's a lifelong Cubs fan. He just found us uh, via uh, Spotify. So big shout out to Doug. Thanks for listening. Hope you are enjoying this. Love the comment. Love the support. And speaking of support, if you could just rate us and review us on Spotify, that would be fantastic. And that's a call to anybody listening still about an hour and a half into this episode. We are on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, as well as Google and iHeartRadio podcasts. Please give us a rating and a review. Let us know what you think. If you've had Blue Note Last Notes, let us know what you think of that. If you agree with it on our, our scale. Yeah. What's it, what's it on your scale for our scale? Uh, what do you think of it? Sit, reach out to us on Twitter at Barrels and Barrels. And if you want to email us for maybe some hats like Michael's wearing, T-shirts, or some stickers, and you can reach out to us, barrelsandbarrels at gmail.com. And there may be something special coming out here in the next couple of weeks and months that may be in a bottle from Barrels and Barrels. And that's all I can say. <laughs> let's, let's go, baby. Let's go. But, uh, if you're interested in that, reach out to us, uh, barrelsandbarrels at gmail.com. And that's a, a little nugget for those of you who are still listening this far into the podcast. Micah Burns, uh, where can we find you on Instagram? Instagram, I'm at BNB underscore Burns. I did find out my Twitter. I, I've been bouncing around with it. it was BNB underscore Burns or BNB underscore BNB Burns. It's it actually Burns BNB. No it's, underscore. It's the hardest piece of crap to find you on Twitter because I type it out and it's always the reverse when I try to tag you on something. So, so it's, uh, it was taken. It, it was, was taken. taken. It's it okay. Taken. It's okay, Mr. Burns. Uh, you can find my handle. Good. <laughs> At whiskey underscore weather. That is where you can find me on Instagram. On Twitter, I am WXSpinner89. Thank you for listening to episode 30 of Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball Podcast, the Tim Raines episode. Again, please leave us a rating and a review. Uh, whatever you think about our podcast, we'd love to hear it. We're open to all kinds of criticism, so reach out to us there. Again, episode 30, Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball Podcast, High Proof, High Heat. Mikey Burns, what you got for me? Let's go.